Hello, and welcome to the Live Life Naked podcast. I am your host, Melissa Rose, and this episode I would consider to be sort of an introduction part two. I really wanted to sit down and sort of share my story, share my background, what got me here, credentials, I guess things like that, just to put it all in one episode. Um, I don't want this entire show, this entire podcast to be all about me and my life, but I do think it's important because if I am here encouraging you to live naked, to live authentically, I think that it just makes sense that I share a little bit about myself and my story. So let's dive in. Uh, here in a nutshell is my story from me living extremely inauthentically to living I guess, the naked life. So I always say that my story began when I was very, very young uh, and that I've always struggled with anxiety. I have always struggled with um, the physical ramifications of anxiety. I would get terrible, terrible stomach aches as a child. I was just very nervous. I worried all the time. Even as a young child, I was, I mean, I was a perfectionist. I Even in first grade, second grade, I remember... And I remember being in second grade and actually missing so much school that I was on the borderline of having to retake second grade because I missed so much school. And it was mostly due to stomach aches. And back then, of course, there wasn't the, uh, the conversation around mental health and especially in children like there is now. I had no way of knowing and my parents had no way of knowing that it was actually anxiety that was causing the stomach aches and these physical ramifications. Um, so yeah, I grew up in the Midwest, a very conservative part of the country. And I was a gymnast as a child. And I think being a gymnast from a young age contributed to my disordered eating and my body dysmorphia at an older age. Um, But as a child, that was my life. I loved gymnastics more than anything in the entire world. I would beg my parents. I wanted to move to Texas to train, you know, at Bella Crowley's camp. And I wanted to train for the Olympics. And I would just cry and cry and beg and plead. And lo and behold, they did not move me to Texas. I never was in the Olympics. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, gymnastics was such a huge part of my life. And I do think that it molded me in a lot of ways that I didn't even realize until down the road. So along with the gymnastics and being a firstborn child came this sense of perfectionism. And if you are a firstborn or maybe if you're not, you know what I'm talking about. Some of us are just hardwired to need everything to be perfect and most importantly, ourselves. And I was no exception to this. Everything that I did, it had to be perfect. I placed crazy demands on myself. I had to get straight A's. I couldn't take criticism well. And this really followed me through most of my life, well into my adult years, this idea of having to be perfect and just having these expectations of myself in the world that were utterly unattainable. Recipe for misery, let me tell you right now. And again, some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, When I was in, let's see, it was the summer after sixth grade, my parents split up. And as a preteen, when I was 12 years old, so on the brink of becoming a teenager, 
that is a very, very difficult time for your parents to split up. And of course, there is no good time. Um, but I remember, yeah, that summer was a crazy time. I've shared this story with some people in my life, but that summer I was at cheer camp and my parents were either busy, but they were not able to pick me up and they weren't able to be at our final show, our final presentation of camp. And so one of my best friends, her parents brought me home and I came home to an empty house. My dad had just moved out and I'm here alone. And this is the first time I remember uh, eating and stress eating. I actually ate an entire can of vanilla frosting in one sitting. And that is when I believe my disordered eating really began. And it makes me emotional just to think about that young girl, that 12 year old who just felt alone, felt abandoned in a way, felt like her world was falling apart, but still needing to hold everything together and be perfect. And so that is when this control with eating began, I believe. So throughout middle school and high school, obviously going through you know the teenage years, living with that perfectionism, um, learning how to cover up the fact that of course I wasn't perfect, but also that my family wasn't perfect. So living in a conservative town, my parents are now divorced. I didn't have any friends at that time whose parents were divorced. I really felt like such an outsider. I felt like I was being judged constantly. I felt judged from even people in my family. And I felt like I had to work even harder to keep up this facade and to prove to other people, to the world, and also myself that I'm not a product of what's going on with my parents, that, um, you know, I felt like I even had to prove to my parent, my friend's parents, rather, they would make comments about my parents and make comments about my family. And so I think that just fueled my fire even more. So I started wearing makeup and I don't know what, what grade, maybe eighth grade, I remember. And I used makeup as a literal mask. And again, if you know me, you know this story, how in eighth grade, I got caught shoplifting from Walmart. And uh, myself, a friend at the time, we got dropped off at the mall, we walked over to Walmart, and we stole makeup. Uh, I actually stole diet pills uh, in eighth grade. And our, our parents found out, long story short, our parents found out my dad brought me to Walmart. I had to give back the things that I stole and I was grounded for the entire summer. So this happened in April. I was grounded until school started the next year. So four months I was grounded. And even though my shoplifting career came to an end, luckily, um, this fascination with makeup and the clothes and the masks and the needing to look perfect was only just beginning. So at this time in high school, I started dyeing my hair, I started dyeing my hair blonde, and I just tried to really cover up and mask who I was. It was like I was trying to curate this version of myself that I could show the world. Um, and I did, a, I did a dang good job. I got straight A's, I um, transitioned from gymnastics to competitive cheer. Um, 
so that became a big part of my life. But then on the weekends, I was partying, I was drinking, and just sort of finding this very unhealthy outlet for, I guess, the control that I had, for the fact that my life felt like it was so not under control, but that really was my outlet. So I sort of lived these two separate lives, even back then, even in high school. Again, this straight A, you know, seemingly perfect, you know, child who just was so respectful and who other adults would think was just so great and so smart. And then, you know, I was just this little brat on one hand to my mom and to my parents and drinking and smoking and just kind of living two separate lives. So I graduated high school, went to college, and I think that was the first time I really felt this sense of like, oh, I'm finding myself. So getting out of the bubble of high school, I didn't go too far for college, but it was far enough away where I felt like I could really sort of find my own identity. And I loved college. I thrived in college. I always joke, I wish I could just be a lifetime student and just get paid to go to school for the rest of my life. I loved college. It was such a great time. Um, I had a boyfriend in college who, um, yeah, gosh, I was so, 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 so hung up on him. But he would say things in passing like, oh, you can never be too skinny. Or he would really, you know, sort of uh, drool over these celebrities at the time in the early 2000s who you know, were very, very thin and very blonde. And so this kind of also fueled my my desire to want to look a certain way, to be a certain way, to be perfect. His family was also very, very religious. And so, again, having this shame around my own parents getting divorced, and I felt like I always had to justify and I always had to explain that I was different and that I was going to do things differently in my life. So again, looking back, all of these scenarios and relationships, like everything just kind of fueled this desire and this inauthenticity really is what it was. So um, let's see what else. Oh, another big part of this story is that, you know, I, like most teenage girls, had a pretty tumultuous relationship with my mother. So having my parents be divorced, my dad got remarried, and uh, my stepmom had two boys and I kind of felt like he had a new family. And I was very, very close with my dad growing up. I was always, you know, daddy's little girl. And so him having this, you know, new family, new life, who I wasn't a part of all the time, and even if I wanted to, I couldn't be, that coupled with the fact that I had a very strained relationship with my mother, I think left me feeling very alone but I had no idea, like I didn't recognize it at the time. But looking back, that was a very big part of my story. So um, yeah, college was great. It was, you know, in a lot of ways, a very unhealthy time of life, which I think is true for most college kids. I was living off Taco Bell and Marlboro Lights and Slim Fast and Um, running myself into the ground, working three jobs, getting straight A's, partying, doing all the things. I was sick all the time, I remember. It's like I would get bronchitis like every three months, I swear. But I was doing a pretty good job of 
holding it all together, at least I thought. And other than being sick, I really was holding it together. Um, and I graduated college and, you know, started interviewing for quote unquote real jobs. And I remember the first job I had out of college, the employer who hired me, he literally looked at my resume and he looked me up and down and he said, you are literally perfect on paper. He's like, I would love to know what's wrong with you. And it was a very odd question. And I just, I mean, at that time, I, a, I didn't know myself, but B, the fact that someone would say to me, wow, you look perfect on paper. And basically implying that my appearance was perfect. Like my ego was having an absolute field day. Like in that moment, my ego could not have been happier. And this is at 22 years old. So uh, that's where my life was like at 22, feeling like I have it all together. Graduated college, great. Well, here in the Midwest, um, the next thing is, at least at that time, 20 years ago, it was like, you better be married because that's the trajectory. You graduate college, you get married, you get a house, you start having children, and that is the track. I think things have shifted a little bit now, but at least you know, 20 years ago, that is what my reality was. And so I already started feeling this pressure to get married. Um, that coupled with the fact that my younger brother got married before I did only fueled this fire even more. I felt so inferior and so inadequate. I felt so old. I felt so behind. And yeah, I just remember feeling like I need to get married. I need to find someone. I need to find my person. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I did get married at 26 and I married one of the best people that I have ever met in my life. We are still good friends to this day, um, but we got married. We got a house. Um, I had had a government job now for a few years. So um, this was my second job out of college, a really good government job. And so I was really doing all the things. Like I was true adulting. I was a housewife. I was cooking. I was, you know, taking the dog for a walk every day. I was decorating the house perfectly for Christmas and just doing all the things that a good midwife, Midwest housewife should be doing. And yeah, I, I do believe I was happy for a while, um, but I also believe that I was so sort of on this track and just doing all the things. I didn't really have time to breathe. And around 29 years old, the crack started showing. And I realized I had built this life on sinking sand because I had no idea who I was. I was just going through the motions of what I thought that I should do. And I had never taken the time to really get to know this version of myself without this mask. And so it took a couple years, but everything slowly fell apart. Um, long story short, I ended up getting a divorce. I quit my job. I went to India for 30 days by myself. I studied yoga. I studied meditation. I moved out to uh, the lake. I got a job, uh, a job teaching yoga. I went back to school. And... I really started creating this new life for myself, but the first thing that had to happen was that everything had to fall apart. 
And so around 30 years old, that's exactly what happened. My entire life fell apart. So it took a couple years, um, but I slowly, slowly started picking up the pieces of my life. Again, going back to school, doing all these trainings, becoming a certified coach. I already had a psych degree. I was diving into yoga and self-development and all of these healing modalities. I was going to therapy. I mean, I was really doing all the things. And so I started a business helping people doing the same thing. I started a one-on-one -on -one coaching business. I was teaching yoga. I was giving presentations in schools. I was working with uh, groups of high schoolers and I was really starting to create this niche for myself and really feeling like I was getting to know myself for the first time. So it was a really, really beautiful time of life. I had a lot of support, was making new friends and also leaning on old friends. And it really was uh, a period of just immense growth. And I'm so, so grateful for that time of my life. Um, let's see what else. So yeah, that's what I would say was really like uh, my shadow work. So you hear that term sometimes in this self-help space, but really diving into the deep, deep core wounds, healing these deep layers of myself. And again, just one of the best times in my life. I'm so grateful that I had that because I know not a lot of people do. Um, I didn't have children with my husband, and so I was able to just really dive into that work. And again, I know how fortunate I am to be able to have done that, so I'm very grateful. Um, so then I'm trying to think, right before COVID, the C word, right? I got um, asked to become an art model. And this is really, really what changed the trajectory of my life, even though at the time I had no idea. So a great friend and mentor of mine set me up with her husband, who was an artist, and I began posing for him. And then COVID happened. And so in my industry, everything was shut down. I literally was out of all of my jobs. Everything I had built had fallen apart again <laughs> for the second time. Everything fell apart. And I was just trying to figure it out during COVID. And... So during that time, um, I was cultivating this artistic endeavor. And so I was posing about three times a week. And this getting naked literally and figuratively is what changed my life. And it was through these sessions that I became to know myself on a level. I started learning who I was without the designer handbags and the name, name brand clothes and a face full of you know, makeup from Sephora and all of these things. I had stopped dyeing my hair during COVID and you know, realizing that in the last 15 years, my hair had become a lot darker and a lot more red. And so people realizing like, oh my gosh, you're a redhead? Like, oh my gosh, your natural hair is so beautiful. I stopped really wearing makeup pretty much altogether. And so I was really, truly for the first time, this naked version of myself. No makeup, no hair dye, no clothes. And having lost everything for the second time, I was broke again. I moved into a very, very tiny studio apartment. 
and I was at the height of my minimalist era, I could call it. And so really, truly having everything stripped away, I mean, on all fronts, like I literally had nothing, yet I felt more free than I had ever felt in my whole life. It was just, again, another incredible time in my life. And I know that COVID was very, very difficult on so many people. And I don't take away from those experiences, but for me, this is when I found myself truly. And so again, I'm very grateful for those experiences. So I began reinventing once again, you know, the world opened up and I was like, okay, I lost everything. How am I going to build this business back up again? How do I want to do this differently? Um, you know, what worked before, what didn't work before I knew that I was driving around, running myself ragged. I had traded one hamster wheel for another, you know, and it just, it was working enough, but I knew that it wasn't sustainable. And so, um, you know, moving into the online space with COVID and at the time I was a college professor teaching in person, they moved me online and realizing like, wow, I can teach these things online. I can do this in a different way that's still effective and still meaningful and still provides value. And so that's what I started doing. I started diving into posting online, Instagram, writing blog posts, um, doing all the things that I sort of learned in coaching school on how to put yourself out there. And at the time, I do believe I was being authentic, but looking back, it was still sort of a, how do I even say? It was not true authenticity. I don't even know how to explain it, but it was definitely a stepping stone. So I was moving in the right direction. And I guess I say that it's because I still had a very large ego attached to what I was doing. And I wanted to be this big name coach. I wanted to be a renowned yogi. I wanted to be the best at whatever I was doing. I wanted to put myself out there because I wanted certain outcomes. And of course, going into something with that mentality. Yes, I do believe you can be successful. I believe for some people, maybe that's sustainable, but for my life's journey, it was not. And I kept doing the things, kept putting out content, but it didn't feel 100% good. It didn't feel right in the ways that I knew that it should be. So here I am thinking, wow, I'm living this dream. I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. I'm creating content, I'm helping, I'm coaching, I'm teaching yoga, I'm doing these things, but why am I still feeling unfulfilled? Like why am I, why is this still not working? Why does it seem like I'm working so hard, but it's just still, it's not quite clicking. And again, that was a huge stepping stone. I'm very grateful, you know, Overnight success does not happen overnight. Um, and I definitely am not an overnight success story by any means. This was a very, very tedious journey, a journey that had many steps and many layers. So, goodness, I can't even think where we are now. So this is after COVID, doing all the reinventing, um, really starting to get clear in these last couple years you know, starting to establish myself as a model. So not only a fine art model, but also a commercial model. So with having red hair, 
I got noticed by some photographers. I really started building my portfolio. I got signed um, by six different agencies. I started doing commercial work and I never felt more alive in my life. Like I had found my thing. I had found myself as an artist. And I think I needed that validation from agencies and from the commercial world and from clients, as well as from other artists, um, artists in Europe, you know, and just finding my, finding my space as this authentic creator, as an artist, and finding my little niche in a world that is very, I guess, saturated. I mean, every... Every industry, every market is already saturated. There are already so many people doing what we want to do. And that's okay. That's a good thing. But I found my little piece of what I knew that I should be doing in the world. And so everything kind of coming full circle, you know, 20 years of this education, psychology and coaching and yoga and my own trauma work and somatic therapies and losing everything yet again, doing more inner work, becoming a model, getting naked, literally, travel, all of these things sort of came together in the most incredible way that I could have never, ever, ever imagined that they would. And the stars truly have aligned for me, but I believe it's only because I was willing to be authentic and to recognize when I was doing something and I wasn't putting my full heart into it and when it didn't feel authentic and naked, when I wasn't being that version of myself, when I was still wearing a mask in some way, when I was still operating on a surface level. So all of those things really came to my awareness and I kept pivoting and I kept shifting and growing and learning And I would try something and it wouldn't work. And I would, you know, work on a project. I would, you know, I had so many little endeavors over these last 20 years. And I don't consider any of them failures. They're all just stepping stones. Um, I've heard the quote too about failing forward. And that's truly what I did, even though I don't consider it failing. I just was, I just was moving forward. But at the time, there were, of course, moments where I felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm stuck. I'm stagnant. I'm confused. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I felt that way more often than not. So it's wild how now looking back over 20 years, how in the day-to-day I felt that so often, yet I still got to this place and I'm still growing and evolving, even though I still feel very confused most of the time and usually don't know really what I'm doing. But I know that I'm guided now by this true intuition, by my true authentic self that I've learned to know and have a relationship with. I actually have a relationship with myself that I've never had before. And so now in my work, again, it looks a lot different than it did when I first started And this is part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I want to inspire everyone to have this authentic relationship with themselves where you come to know yourself on such a soul level where you're able to know almost in real time what's good for you, what's right for you, when to pivot, when to make changes, you know, when to take the leap. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that that is how I live my life and 
it feels amazing. I don't know what else to say. It truly feels amazing. I want this feeling for everyone. And that doesn't mean that it's always easy. It doesn't mean that every day is sunshine and rainbows and I have all the energy in the world every single day. Like, no, not at all. It's this acceptance of the ebb and the flow. It's acceptance that there are seasons of life, that there are ups and downs, and that there are still difficult things to navigate. And even though I'm doing what I love, it's still hard sometimes, and it still feels like work sometimes. But I know that it's right this time. So um, what else on that note? Yeah, learning, learning to have this relationship with yourself Learning who you really are oftentimes takes a lot of boundaries and hard decisions. And we'll talk about boundaries and all of that in in another episode. But this road to authenticity was not paved. Let me tell you that, my friends. I had to make a lot of hard decisions. I hurt a lot of people. I lost friends. Um, I lost all my money. I lost my house. I lost any sense of security that I had. And... In all of that, I truly found myself. So sometimes we have to lose things around us in order to find who we are. But that doesn't mean that we're on an island. It doesn't mean that we're on our own, even though at the time it might seem that way. When you find your authentic self, what happens is the people who you are meant to be with, your community, your tribe, your relationships, they will be attracted to this version of you. And you will find that so much of your life does get easier. That's what I found. And like I said, even though I got a divorce, my ex-husband is still one of my very, very best friends to this day. I will always love him and I'm so grateful for our journey and the fact that we have the relationship that we do. So some things might shift and change. They might look differently than you envision them at the beginning. But truly this leap from living inauthentically to authentically or naked, it's the greatest journey that we can ever take. And I don't know, I guess it really is all about finding your truth, whatever that means for you, living your life in alignment. Again, that's another sort of buzzword right now, but it's so true. Living in alignment is truly the most beautiful place that we can be. So I share all of this with you. Um, Yes, to be vulnerable and to get naked and be real, but also to show you that it's possible to make it to the other side and to truly live a life that you're proud of to have an authentic relationship with yourself, to be authentic with others, and literally that it's possible to do whatever it is that you wish to do. So I encourage you as I wrap this to reflect on your own story and all that you have been through. No matter where you've been or where you want to go, you are here in this place right now. And you've been through so much to get you here. And so just taking a moment to reflect on this current version of you, all the past versions of you, and just saying thank you to yourself for being where you are and for doing whatever it is that you've already done to get you to this place. The world 
needs you at this place. The world needs you real. The world needs you to live authentically. And the world needs your story. So this week, I encourage you to share your story or share something about yourself with someone you trust or maybe a bunch of strangers on the internet (laughs) and just see how that expands you, see how that feels and see how that inspires those around you. Even if we don't know these people or even if you don't know exactly how it's affecting the person in front of you, you can feel it. You can feel it by the way that maybe your energy shifts, the way that you feel after the conversation. And you know when you're coming from this true authentic place. So I just encourage you to take some time for that this week and see how it feels. So thank you so much for listening to my story. I look forward to sharing more as we keep spending more time together on this show. But until next time, I encourage you, my friends, to live life naked. And I will catch you next time.